So, uh, hey everybody, welcome to the second episode of Fle- of uh, Mex Fent. <laughs> dude, it's gonna be hard to break that. Hey, you want to do this over? It's no, fine. dude. Great. I'm gonna start. keep it in, You're bro. Editor, I'm gonna man. keep it in because you know why? Because I don't care. This is raw. This is real shit. This is what people want this for. We don't give a fuck, dude. If I gave a fuck, you think I would have this podcast to begin with? <laughs> Welcome to the second episode of Mex Flentayo. I got because somebody <laughs> said that I fucked it up by calling it Mex Flentalo last time, so I was in my head. <laughs> I was in my head, but uh, yeah, uh, it's me, Ramon Villalobos, you know, world renowned artist. With me, I got, as always, Daniel Irizari. Is that how's it going? Is that good pronunciation of your name? That's good, that's pretty good. Irizari, Irizari, yeah, nice. Um, it can, it like. I always say eerie like eerie and sorry like sorry with an S. Yeah. That's the Americanization of it. That's not what I want. I want the real... Eerie sorry. There we go. <laughs> and with us, very special, we got... Honestly, I consider him one of the hottest young artists in the game today. The future of taking comics. Over. The guy, he's taking over. He's taking over the internet. He's taking over comics. He can't be stopped. He could do everything. It's my guy, the meme, the meme god himself, the Belarusian vampire. <laughs> we got Big Gleb on the podcast. Round of applause for Big Gleb. Let's go. How you doing, Big Gleb? Uh, I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm working, <laughs> sitting at home, trying to avoid police. You know the usual stuff. Yeah, me too. I'm just like it's basically the same out here. Rebel life. <laughs> <laughs> when, you, when you're an outlaw, it doesn't matter if you live in an oppressive, authoritative state. It, they they want you no matter where you go. Lockdown yeah. is back, baby. The real outlaw comics, like n- not some eighty p shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck Ed Piscor. <laughs> so when I talked to you about coming on the show, like initially, I sort of propositioned it as I wanted to get people to talk about things that they like about comics. That isn't necessarily like news of the day. Like I don't, I don't really want to talk about like how Tom Brevoort has got a tiny hat and how that's like, he's losing his mind right now. Okay. I don't care about what Marvel editors tweet. I don't care about what's going on in, you know, mainstream comics in general. I want to talk about, you know, what make, what we're passionate about in comics. So I talked to you Gleb a long time ago about doing this show. And there was one book that we both wanted to talk about. Oh yeah. And it's my favorite version of Batman. It's your favorite version of Batman. Daniel, controversially doesn't like this yeah no this is gonna be a this is gonna be a tough episode for me i've been <laughs> rereading it and i'm gonna like i'm gonna be here as the the as the, the jury or yeah, the like the, opinion yes exactly You're, you guys outrageous. are gonna have to defend this book to me <laughs> it is outrageous club <laughs> uh i don't think it needs defending like <laughs> I, I think you daniel should defend your position 
of not liking it because it's fucking masterpiece. Yeah, so of course we're talking about All-Star, Batman and Robin, The Boy Wonder, yeah. Frank Miller, Jim Lee, 2005, 2006? I can't remember when it came out. Uh, but what an era. I, th- I think it's uh, after his Superman comic with uh, Brian Zarella. Yeah. Yeah, it was at the same... This, this book came out at the same time as All-Star Superman. And that yeah. is also to the detriment of this book. No, you know, so here, let me give you some of my background on this book, okay? When this mm-hmm. came out, this was, like, literally the first or second comic that I bought, like, as it hit the shelf. It was, I, I had to get Green Lantern, because I just love Green Lantern, and I thought they were going to kill Kyle Rayner in Rebirth, so I bought that. That was the first comic that I went to the comic shop to buy, like, month to month. And then this came out, and I was like, well, it's Frank Miller, he's a, he's a legend, he's a monster. Sin City had just came out in theaters, and I was like, this is the sickest fucking movie of all time. I want, you know, to say all this cool shit, wear a cool duster. You know what I mean? I want to do all that shit, walk in alleyways. And Jim oh, yeah. Lee, he's the man. <laughs> like, when he's like the best in, in comics at that time, that was like... He's coming out of Hush. It, it, like, he was, he had just ridden the Hush wave. And to me, this is his pinnacle of his of his whole artistic career. That, uh, what, six, seven page spread, remember that, with, with the bad cave, it's fucking impossible to show, I don't know how. I, I, I got, I got to it, I, or if we're talking about this in order, let's save that for, <laughs> for later on, but we'll it is... out, But, like, yeah, th- this man was flexing on a level where he was doing, how many pages, six page? Yeah, it was a six page spread of the of the Batcave in the most absurd. <laughs> it, it, it is. It is. It's like debauchery. It's iconic. Like the the it's, comic book equivalent of it's legendary of excess. It's a funny process when you uh, like o- open this spread because <laughs> when you first time reading it, when you open it, <laughs> you yeah. can't believe you still got to open and it's, open. <laughs> like what the fuck is still going on? <laughs> that's exactly right. It's like when uh, you see those clowns pull like a fucking handkerchief <laughs> out of their sleeve yeah. and just keep going. You're just like, wait, wait, wait. When is the Batcave going to end? How does this keep going? <laughs> this is insane. I keep opening it right now. And I'm just like, this is nuts. Like, it's so unnecessary. It's so indulgent. <laughs> but it's so it's, it's fucking It's always sick. comedic. Yeah, it's like, it's comedic. It's like, this was not... Do you think it was in the script? That Frank Miller's like, all right, six page. Six that's, page. that's exactly part of my thing. Yeah. Like, is Frank Miller really being like, all right, so you're going to have a full page spread... Actually, no, make it six, and it's just <laughs> the Batcave. You, you know how much I, like, I work uh, traditional. I'm thinking, uh, Gleb, you work digital, right? Yeah. But you, like... M- well, done... m- m- most of the time, but I don't know, for this uh, kind of thing, I would do it traditional, too, because the file would be too large, I guess. <laughs> right. That's the other thing. Imagine, imagine my guy, Alex Sinclair, one of the greatest comic colors of all time, he has to color oh, yeah. this... Three, you know, at minimum what, six? four six hundred DPI, the file is going to be psychotically large. Like, I don't know if six hundred DPI I, existed I, in two thousand five. Oh, it existed. I was there. You know I, how I, I know think, that? Oh, sorry, go ahead, Gleb. I, I think he got like six months of speed before. 
was like they had to use the computers that they like mine Bitcoin on. That is working twenty four <laughs> hours a day, just like steaming, like fucking blowing smoke, like a old locomotive. Yeah, yeah it, it looked like uh, the NASA center. Like <laughs> they had yeah. to stop the the entire DC offices every time he hit save. It was great. Yeah, like the lights would flicker every time he would try to get his shit off. Every time he would hit a gradient, like the lights would. <laughs> <laughs> it's so sick yeah like and, and like for no reason and that's what i love about it though because it's like pure love of comics you know what i mean yeah yeah this man could draw six page spread so he did it and he made it fucking awesome so that's 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 part of my my question are you guys is your love of this book a love of jim lee or a love of frank miller both well yeah it's both honestly well, the thing, uh, you, you see the thing is... Because they're fighting. Uh, like I see them fighting on every page. No way. Yeah. No way. Glad. No, I, I don't think so. Say. Uh, I, I, I forgot. Be honest, uh, Glenn. You can, you can insult me. You can say I'm wrong. No, no. I, I, I think uh, what we see in also Batman and Robin is like it's not the commercial the commercial thing. Well, I, obviously it is, but I think it's uh, the piece of art because all these crazy things because they weren't they weren't thinking about the audience at all right they were no. just thinking what they uh, like what they like to do with batman and he, yeah. both jim lee and uh, frank miller and like they don't fucking care about dc nerds like so like there's batman hush which which jim lee did like you know a few years earlier and that is a hundred percent commercial they just want to yeah. like please nerds they're like every page we're gonna hit them with the classics like every batman villain every kind of like batman thing we're gonna like bring jason todd back from that like in this one they were like okay batman's gonna like spend three issues killing cops <laughs> <laughs> like that's it that's all he does is he kidnaps a child and then he kills cops for three pages and like just like and it says like eat glass lawman like just says wild yeah. shit and like I don't think Jim Lee and him are fighting on the page. I think this is, like, Jim Lee going, like, oh, okay, like, I just get to draw shit. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like, okay, I have to do an iconic Joker image or an iconic, you know, Two-Face image. Like, it, there's none of that in here. It's just, like, you know, Batman, like, jumping in the city, like, screaming and stuff. It's awesome. Yeah. Plus, how many comics you know when where Batman just, like for 10 pages leaping on the buildings and like laughing and enjoying his life yeah, <laughs> like, like was, he's genuinely ha happy mm -hmm. he's genuinely happy being batman and like right. oh killing those cops i can respect that <laughs> well, he's literally cackling he's la laughing so that's yeah. that throughout that to me is why I've always like loved and defended this book is this is one of the few comics where like, so we see Batman year one and it's extremely like serious, you know, it's extremely mm -hmm. like trying to get into the head of this guy or like, not really like it's more about Gordon, but you know, Batman's like figuring it out, whatever, whatever. This is a guy at the height of his powers, like pure indulgence. He has the ability to make a fucking war tank, you know, like a, he's like living his fantasy where he has no restrictions on, like, you know, rules or, or, uh, it's like pure, like, libertarian kind of, like, delusions of being complete freedom and, mm -hmm. you know, basically dictating what justice is 
And that's that's what Batman like fundamentally is about. Is somebody who's extremely rich saying like because I'm so rich, I get to dictate what justice is now. And that person would be fucking crazy. They would think Clint Eastwood is the shit. <laughs> they would <laughs> they would uh they would have like, you know, discordant like ideological beliefs about politics you know what i mean like on one hand this book is obsessed up with clint eastwood it should be it is a it is like a right-wing like libertarian kind of like mentality it's just also anti-author anti-authority you know what i mean like it's it's so it's pure pure libertarian right (laughs) the poster boy for libertarian it's it's batman if he was like ancap and that person is crazy as hell Child, child workers, child army, pure libertarian ideals. Yeah, so like, like absolutely take this kid and recruit him into a holy <laughs> war. And that's, yeah, and that's uh, what I want I, from Batman. I think I, <laughs> I think I heard uh, Frank Miller says like uh, he was saying uh, this is a comic about Bat- uh, about why Batman needs Robin, <laughs> and I think the answer is he needs Robin because he needs some kid to show off <laughs> to like <laughs> he, he doesn't need them uh, he doesn't need him at all but he, he does need him because he wants he needs somebody uh, to impress yeah 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 and yeah. It, 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 it's it's only can be a kid <laughs> and right. like he, he's still not very impressed <laughs> <laughs> right like this like batman needs robin because like, only a child would think this is, like, sick. Like, a grown adult would not think it's fucking badass, I'm just gonna dress like a bat, you know, like, jump around and, like, you know, chase down criminals or whatever. Like, a grown adult probably should be more well-adjusted than that. But Batman isn't, <laughs> so he doesn't have to be. So he just kind of does whatever the fuck he wants. And that's why... That's, that's what I want from Batman, though. Like, I don't want... I don't want a Batman that, like, you know, every, every like, two months we get these crazy takes on Twitter where it's like, um, actually, if Batman really wanted to not be problematic, he would just <laughs> donate his wealth to charity funds and, you know, do all the shit. It's like, yeah, but that's, yeah, like, th- fundamentally not very, Batman very, then. Very you want Batman to comment. be as problematic as possible. I want him, I want him, I want, if you're going to do that, like, yes, be, because that is a... Batman is a That's what this Batman is. Batman is like a fundamentally need, need, problematic <laughs> endeavor. We, we need, like, uh, the Superman Unchained, but Batman unproblematic comic. <laughs> That's what this is. Jim, Jim Lee drawing Batman, like, uh, ch- on charity, like, <laughs> uh, doing all this business stuff, like, very boring. Written yeah, by Scott he, Snyder. <laughs> nobody would read it. But it would... It would be beloved on on Twitter. It would finally oh, yeah, yeah. solve the problem of Batman. I'm I'm seeing this. Be- page people would where... lie that they read it. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, Batman is literally screaming at Alfred because he got Robin a burger. Yeah, and Alfred wasn't supposed to do that. He was supposed he... to live by himself to thrive like a Let rat, the boy like, like eat a rat. Like he wanted him to pick him up by his bootstraps, his booty straps, because he's mm-hmm. got the you know the pixie boots. Um, again, again, this right wing mentality. When like, if I suffered, my children should suffer too. Right, like he he thinks he has it bad. Like he watched his parents get shot in front of him, 
You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I know, I know <laughs> technically Robin just did that too. But <laughs> Batman did it in, in Crime Alley. That's a much scarier place than a circus. So, yeah, I like, it, I don't know, like, so Daniel, what's your problem with the book? I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> my, uh, I, I'm, because I'm, I, I, my, it's my, maybe it's my fault that I'm trying to look at this book through logic. Uh, yeah. What logic, though? What is the logic of it? Uh, I mean, let me let me go through a little bit of my show notes. Oh, yeah. Lev, you could you you could you can talk a sec while you, I while you I... can't. I think you can't use a lot of logic in superhero comics at all. Like, right? <laughs> it should be some leap of faith at some point. Yeah, I, 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 I think part <laughs> of it has to has to do with where Frank Miller was mentally while he was writing this. Sure. This was post 300. Jim Lee, are you in the 911 right Frank Miller script? Was that And I, 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 I'm saying Jim Lee, are you in the right headspace to receive this script? <laughs> I can you can you take on the emotional labor of this, of this script? <laughs> Yeah. I don't think Jim Lee was ready for this. I don't I don't think Jim Lee was ready for the script. And there are things I like as I was reading through it, there were things where I was like, okay, I think I can in in your in your very per- peculiar defense of like the the Snyderverse <laughs> where I can like uh, y'all's. <laughs> y'all's, as in, I've, I've grown to appreciate dumb art uh, a little bit more uh, in, in, in getting to know you. And, and in that sense, there's a lot that I can appreciate about, about this book. Like, Jim Jim Lee's art is is incredible. It just doesn't make sense in this book. Like, oh, so let's talk about the art for a second. Like, I sorry, go ahead, finish your thought. No, no, no. Uh, continue, continue. Let's talk about his art for a second. The reason I said it's the peak of his art is because, like, he was still doing like the cool '90s badass shots, but him and Scott Williams were also like drawing like an incredible level of detail. That then, mm-hmm. after this book, I think the next book he did, because after this he did the DC Universe online, like, redesigns and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I don't think he made a com- a comic again. Uh, I think it was his New 52 Justice, Justice League, League right. which, yeah. which it felt like completely, I want to say phoned in. I wouldn't like, say phoned felt... in. I think they were trying to just do something different, which is be a little bit less, like, uh, anal about the details. Probably because mm-hmm. this was taking so long, I, w- I would assume. Like, I've done that, yeah. you know what I mean? So, like, I think it, it wasn't phoned in. It was just trying to be a little bit more, like, allowing itself to breathe a little bit more and not be so, like, anal retentive about, like, I got to draw every brick. I have to draw, like, the packaging on the trash and everything. And they don't do that in that one. Like, that one, it's a lot more, like, Klaus Janssen-y, like, inking, which is, like, you know, a little rougher. Like you know, mm-hmm. I I personally prefer this. That's why I said this is the, their pinnacle. Like, yeah, Scott Williams did an I, incredible I, I, job. I think <laughs> I think uh, it's not on Jim Lee. Uh, like it, it is, but we can't. Um, we we should know that. Uh, uh, 
what I'm trying to say is uh, that Scott Williams on Justice League, he started using microns instead of brush. Mm-hmm. And, uh, well, well there's brush too, but most of it is microns. And uh, Sinclair got a little bit weird too. Yeah, he just got a little bit muddy and I, I don't know. I like that mm. stuff. I just think it's just not as like this. This seems like labored over in a way that does it. And like, yeah, I think yeah. they want to be a little bit more immediate with the action. Like there's that scene where Batman's running away from like those cool looking helicopter things. But this this doesn't have that. This is just like. Every single shot is like, how the hell did they draw this shit? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, how did this... I know the book didn't come out on time, but how did it even get even close to on time? I don't know. Like, I look at it, I'm just like, holy shit, everything is drawn on every page. And, you know, Frank quietly in the middle, in the meantime, was doing All-Star Superman. We'll, we'll, that's a conversation for another day. We'll, we'll save it for another day, but it, it's definitely an incredible contrast uh, that both of these yeah. books... Yeah. were launched together as an all-star line and like i remember that like we were talking about uh w- wizard uh last last episode and we had a conversation about wizard er- earlier but there's this cover that has frank Wiley's superman and jim lee's batman together mm-hmm. i have that like it was sort of like a jam cover I b- oh i bought that <laughs> and it is it's like one of the most disturbing things i've ever seen like it's it's so different i love it i don't think i ever saw that one they have a before this came out too Gleb, they had a did you ever see when they did jim lee's designs for what it was going to look like the the costumes in this they were slightly different but wait like Robin, designs Robin had a for- for also, yeah, Jim Lee was trying to do something more realistic or yeah. like... Uh, it looked more it looked, like Ultimate. It, it felt something like Ultimate. Exactly, yeah. that's the word we're mm-hmm. It felt like Ultimate Batman. I'll find it. I'll send it to you. M- maybe sick. I saw that, but uh, yeah. I don't remember. Yeah, but, well, that, that sounds depressing. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like yeah, I'm glad like it is face. this. That's all. I'm glad that this is definitely a... It, it's fascinating to see it because I can see all the Frank Miller elements of it. And I can imagine what this thing would have looked like if it had been Frank Miller's all-star Batman and Robin the Boy Wonder. And it's just Frank Miller doing his really uh, stylized thing. <coughs> sort of like if he had done this during like Sin City or it would have been like a Sin City style, this book would have been uh, uh, an absolute uh, sensation. It would be like right on par with his Dark Knight Return stuff or like... Uh, but I think when they were making did, this, did they you, er, sorry, go ahead, Gleb. Uh, did you ever read um, uh, Jim Lee's uh, Batman Black and White story in like yeah, where uh, yeah. early nineties? And he was pulling some good Frank Miller impression. Like, well, have you ever read uh, uh, Death Blow? <laughs> yeah, yeah, but uh, but Death Blow is not exactly it. Like it's a little bit overworked, overworked, and just <laughs> I, I don't that know. That looked like it, a straight just, up ripoff. Yeah, yeah, but but still, but still look wrong. Like it's sure. it's like Jim Lee uh, opened Sin City, and right. he, he still uh, like don't it's like know an imitation what, instead of an inspiration, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. But that um, Batman Black and White story, it was like very good. Yeah, uh, I agree. I agree. I just love Death Blow. Uh, that's all. 
<laughs> I kind of, that's that uh I think like the yeah the difference is like he's trying to imitate him on Death Blow whereas the other one he's just kind of like influenced and I think there's some of that in here like the way he draws Batman he's like trying to draw him bulkier. I think by this point yes. he's so ingrained into like what Jim Lee does that he's never going to like not do it but just like you know the cross hatching on his on his like beard and everything like that's He's trying to mm-hmm. do some some Frank Miller stuff without, like, I'm doing Frank Miller, yeah. you know? Scott Williams was really trying to thread a line between Jim Lee's detail hatching and Frank Miller brushwork. You can see it in every single page, like, some chunky brushes um, everywhere on the background, maybe a little bit on the body, but as soon as you get to the faces, it would be... Full detail. Uh, yeah. Full Jim Lee detailed faces. Which is sick. One of the things I also <laughs> want to say is the coloring in this book is some of Alex Sinclair's best stuff. I get yeah, a lot yeah, of flack because people, they like to just like, you know, throw stones. You know what I mean? There's a lot of haters, a lot of bitter weirdos A lot of online. divisive weirdos, a lot, yeah. of, a lot of creeps, a lot of, fuck, a lot of fucking nut jobs that say that Alex Sinclair ain't one of the best to ever do it. But you look at this book. And the, like, the red and blue palettes when he's jumping through the city, the, like, you know, the green palette when he's in the, the Batcave, like, the, the sort of sepia tone stuff with Black Canary, it's sick. Like, there is no, like, you can't tell me this is colored badly. It's fucking awesome. Uh, you know, I think uh, in 2000, Sinclair used still, like, mouse and uh, did, did it all with the lasso. And you think by this point he was using the lasso? Uh, I I think it is because it looks very clean and yeah, like it, it, it's oh, that it's, makes sense. it's perfect colors and uh, like after 2010 I guess what uh, this Justice League comics and like uh, Superman and Chain and all all this stuff it, it looks like he uh, used a tablet and yeah. you you see all these like digital brush strokes and it, it looks a little bit uh i don't know it's not like the style that he's best with you think yeah 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 it's not so clean it's a little bit muddy and yeah uh, i know it i don't think it really contradicts with jim lee style but it's not uh, what i like sinclair for let's say yeah so, uh, oh, sorry, go ahead. And that's a problem for future Sinclair and, and future Jim Lee uh, working on the uh, Justice League New 52 stuff. In this case, in the case of All-Star Batman and Robin, the boy wonder, full name. Yeah. Um, the coloring it works really well. Again, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm biased. I was like uh, Richard Eisenhoff. Laura Martin, Marvel colorist fan. Oh, boring. So every time I would see this stuff, I would be like, what is what is this? It, it makes absolutely no sense. These colors make no sense to me. Like this shade of blue is a DC shade of blue. You will never catch this shade of blue in a Marvel book. But that's just, but that's just how my mind operated. Right now, again, I'm like entering into this like mindset y'all's mindset of appreciating this work and i can kind of get there i'm almost there (laughs) (laughs) so yeah like Uh, let's just talk about the plot of the book a little bit i mean we might as well like you know we're 
We're, we're really getting into it. So yeah, let's talk about the Frank Miller element. <laughs> the, the best part. We're talking about the frankly. plot. Uh, Daniel, you want you want to walk us through since you read the first four issues recently for the first time. Yeah, um, I'm I'm more or less uh, fresh with these with these first issues. I got some highlights. We start off we we start off the issue with with the happiest Dick Grayson to ever to ever exist. He's stoked. He's just a uh, a uh, stoked. He's having a great time, and I like want to say he reminds me like a big gleb. Like th- that's him in this moment. Like that. Dick Grayson, absolutely. That's him when he posts the "It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia" meme. <laughs> Uh, I, is, I hope not, nothing bad happens. On the high, Speaking, just on the high wire, just like yeah, nothing bad can happen. Nothing bad can happen. And and Frank Miller lets you know that nothing bad can happen. His his dialogue uh, well, has well, Dick Grayson well, saying, "They're always there for me." They I'm sorry. Catch me. I, I'm sorry. The comic actually starts with Vicky Whale. Vicky Whale with <laughs> in her apartment. The, and, the first two uh, like, pages are, are Dick Grayson doing that. Then yeah, first first Whale. pages are Dick Grayson, oh, and right? then it cut, cuts okay, into okay. horny horny Jim Leart pimp for Vicky Vale. <laughs> so sick. What? And but I, I wanted to say just about this Dick Grayson intro. Jim Lee has this like uh, almost John Byrne esque. No, uh, tiny adult, no. tiny adult body <laughs> I, thing on going on with Dick Grayson in these first pages. <clears throat> I'm gonna have to cut this off. Don't do that. <laughs> not, that's not what it is. Uh, he, I'm just saying. <laughs> I, I feel like I saw this and I and I needed to state that that Dick Grayson is a small adult. Here's what you're doing. That Dick Grayson is not a small adult. That Dick Grayson's a child. He's got a big head, big eyes. It's very, it's mm-hmm. very. You know Japanese, you know mm, Japanese mm-hmm. comics, manga, if you will. It's very Ripped. that. <laughs> like, he's a he's a gymnast, but but what you're doing, you're being manipulative. You're being <laughs> you're being, you know, this is like this is why Puerto Ricans have. I'm stoking flames. I'm I'm I'm, I'm starting trouble and, I, and reputation. I'll pull back. I'll pull Snake-ish. back a bit. Let's go. Some people would Let's say deceptive. <laughs> Where Puerto Ricans are incredibly <laughs> lovable and beloved by everybody. I don't know what you're that's talking why, about. That's why this. Co- that's we keep it real on this podcast. That's why it's called Mex Flentalo, mm-hmm, not mm-hmm. Puerto Rican Flentalo. Okay. I, I I will be playing you in your movie. <laughs> I promise you this. I will. I will don't, put on a wig, mutton chops. You are trying to bring in I will outside be stuff to try and influence Gleb. I see it. Everybody can see it. I but, I want to get in good. I want to get in good with Big Gleb. So, so know, let's move on. Let's move on okay, to on. Horny okay. Vicky Vale. Gleb, you got something to say about Horny Vicky Vale? Uh, uh, yes. I, I think it's super horny, like <laughs> unnecessary an, 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 an sexualized, but it's still great pages. Absolutely, and it's, she's like fascinated with the Man of Steel. I'm surprised you guys can even notice there's a babe there with this sick interior design work that Jim Lee did on his page. <laughs> he did an incre- at, incredible apartment. I'm looking at the apartment. I'm looking at the backgrounds, baby. Is there a girl on this page? I can't tell. Anyways. You can barely tell. Yeah. No, actually, Jim Lee makes... It's weird because I don't I don't find any of like this superhero art to be sexy. Like I don't, like, I don't know what exactly the point is 
to having this kind of cheesecake art. Like, there's no, I'm not going to start beating off to, <laughs> um, I'm not, to well, this yeah, page, I, but it feels like I would never do that. I don't know why you. But it feels like that's kind of like the goal. I don't know. I don't know what he's trying to do with it. I feel like he's throwing us under a bus club. <laughs> Neither of us I, would do that. Come on, defend the book. This is what I'm here for. <laughs> what? Can a can a can a so, sometimes you don't need a reason. <laughs> yeah. What? Also, yeah. Sometimes you don't need a reason. Exactly, Gleb. And it, it, it's just perfectly Jim Lee style. I, I, I understand. I get it. Let me um, ask you a question, though. Are you uh-huh. are you um, being a chauvinist? She's. She, well, I'm looking at a journalist <laughs> on these pages. Am I being a chauvinist or is Frank Miller? He's Read the words. She's talking he says about, she's trouble. She's the kind of trouble you want. As a journalist... Because as a journalist, democracy yes. dies in the darkness. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. Maybe, maybe the fake news media. <laughs> you know, sometimes I'm... they are the most. Sometimes being a journalist is the most dangerous. You know, thing that you can do. I'm being incredibly reductive about Vicky Vale, and it's true. Like when 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 the story continues, Vicky Vale gets some real ass <laughs> moments. She gets fucked up. Later on. Well, the story never finished. We don't know what we like. So here's the here's the. Did they ever pick back up? Did they ever actually like go to the hospital and she's fine? Or here's the saddest thing: she's just in limbo. Um, it never finished. So we don't know what his intention was for Vicky Vale. I think he had big things planned for her. Frankly, Mm -hmm. I think she was going to probably be the real sort of hero of this comic. Otherwise, why would you introduce her first? That don't make sense. (laughs) <laughs> no, you're right. Okay. See, again, you, you know, there you know is... I, 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 I always pirated the, the comic because like, <laughs> <laughs> they, this they, is a real they, podcast. <laughs> they they didn't publish it in Russia, but uh, recently I bought it like in trade paperback, and yeah. they have only ten issues in it. I, I was so mad, like because. Uh, All Star Batman Robin. It has only eleven issues. <laughs> Just one issue. They didn't yeah, publish. Yeah, yeah, like the yeah, yeah. Trade paperback doesn't have the last issue. <laughs> no, yes. the trade paperback doesn't have the last issue. I have the hardcover for it as well. And it does the hardcover have the last issue? The hardcover doesn't have the last issue. It wasn't out yet. It came out after the hardcover. I was bummed. I remember and I went. I went to one. You know, Daniel. They. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Uh, I think. They just uh, don't reprint it because of uh, people like Daniel who hate on it. It's my fault. Without without the reason. Yeah, Yeah, like, I'm not saying it's Daniel's fault, but it it clearly is. Not Daniel personally, but people like Daniel, just haters, uh, Puerto Ricans, that kind of thing. (laughs) Mostly the Puerto Ricans tanked (laughs) All-Star Batman and Robin. I remember I went to WonderCon, I can't remember what year it was, but they announced that they were going to bring it back. Like at the panel, like it was. Julie. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I saw something like that. Like, dude, dude said, uh, "Do you want to bring back?" And they're like, uh, uh, "Yeah, yeah, I guess." <laughs> yeah, they did a. Co- uh, they had the cover. It was like Batman carrying Robin, and it was like an alleyway, and there's like a rat in the foreground, I think. But it was sick. And... <laughs> what is up with all these animals in the foreground of this book? It's like there's like lizards. A random lizard gets a whole panel. That's sick, dude. 
<laughs> so I remember they announced it and I felt like I was like one of like four people who cared. I was like, yeah. <laughs> and everyone was like dead ass quiet. I'm like, for real? <laughs> okay. I, so, yeah. I was probably in the crowd looking, giving the stink eye to anybody right who you're celebrated. Not a, you're not an old school fan like me. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> I, uh, I would never be in, in that hall. That's like Hall D. Some uh, shit like that. This wasn't San Diego Comic Con. This was WonderCon in San Francisco. Damn, I'm not, I a made real, a, I'm not a real one like that. I made a vow back in the day that I would never go to Comic Con unless I was there for business. And uh, the first year I went, I was. So, it was beautiful. But I went to WonderCon every year, and I still go to WonderCon for just to hang out. But in San Francisco, it was the shit. And then they moved to LA, and it's just like nobody bothers to go. But yeah, no, back to back to this. They announced it, and they told they said that there that that Jim Lee had scripts in his desk. I remember he, like they said, they had up to issue twenty that that Frank Miller wrote. So I don't know if that's true or not. But uh, I remember always just thinking, like, what is, what what is up with that desk, bro? Like, what? Open that up, like, <laughs> like let's get this going again. It's never too late to finish All Star Batman and Robin the Boy Wonder. This is a this is a book that could be good in potential. It could get good at some point. You're saying it's good. First of all, it's already good. It's already but, good. Let's get oh, back to the story. okay. Because we only got two pages in. <laughs> yeah, we're we're really we're just getting out of Vicky Vale's apartment. And again, maybe I'm the misogynist, maybe, but yeah. no, Jim are. Lee is not helping. <laughs> Jim Lee is oh. I and again, like I don't know if the script is focused exclusively like I'm trying to imagine Frank Miller being like focus exclusively on our ass. Make a two page oh, oh, spread. Uh, uh, uh. And it's going to be one of a gigantic wait, 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 ass. Wait, Z- Z- Daniel, that, that's exactly what was read in the script. <laughs> like, I, I, I'm, I'm Is not that even... the Frank Miller script? Do you have yeah, it? Yeah, I'm not even kidding. Like, uh, you, you can ass, find it. Baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you can find it uh, on the internet. Like, uh, it's literally said, big, big shot of her ass. Like, uh, I mean, the, the first time it, it, I it's, read, it's on Frank. It's on Frank. Yeah, the first time I read the word "sweet chunks" was reading this book, <laughs> and I got I gotta imagine that the script is full of like Frank telling Jim, like, "Okay, give us some sweet chunks." Like, That's sick. Yeah, this. Speaking of speaking of one of our favorite shows, it's always sunny. It is like this is written by like Frank from that show. You know what I mean? It's 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 like. Uh, Frank is Mac telling to Dennis what what a draw like <laughs> this this big city big veil. Uh, like, well, see, that's why I said it's more like Frank. It's like Danny DeVito, just kind of like old and like just crazy. Has a gun, has money, has a crazy yeah, car. He, he, yeah, and, and absolutely he's, insane. And he's literally ideas. Frank. So. <laughs> yeah, it's Frank Reynolds slash Miller. So. She gets picked up by Alfred because she's got a date with the Bruce Wayne. You guys ever yeah. see? You guys ever see uh, Batman Forever? Yeah, it's my favorite yep. Batman movie. And I always is she Nicole Kidman? Is this Nicole circus. Kidman we're no. looking at? No, that's Chase Meridian. Although she's a babe too. Um, I've, in fact, if I ever like, if I ever had any kind of control over a Batman thing, it, Vicky Bale would have to. I mean, uh, Chase Meridian would have to be in there. It's insane okay. that she hasn't been in the comics like that. But, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So... So Alfred picks Vicky Vale up, and he's like, circus time. We're going yeah. to the circus. <laughs> oh, my, my whole point was the circus, uh, when they go to the circus in that movie, like, it's so sick. It reminds me of this, and I always, I always imagine the gossip Gertie going like, Bruce Wayne, who are you wearing? <laughs> <laughs> so it's my favorite part of that movie. But uh, anyways, yeah, they go to the circus, Robin's there, having a great time, and his parents He's are living it up. Yeah. Again, this is Gleb memeing on Twitter, and then suddenly his parents are dead. <laughs> Get murked. Headshot. Yeah. It's incredible. It like it. That's what's so marvelous about this book. You like, I guess you you understand like sort of like the Robin lore. Somebody sabotages the the trapeze or whatever. But no, that's not the case here. They're done. They're celebrating. Everyone's being beloved. Pop, pop. Two headshots. Grayson's done. Incredible. Yeah. And, and, and this is the kind of stuff where I'm like, okay, I get it. This is absolutely insane. I can appreciate this. Right. I mean, I do too. I very much appreciate it. It's sick. Like, what? Yeah, like, why would... How would his parents falling from the trapeze have the same emotional effect as getting gunned down? This is yeah. better because it's a mirror of Batman's experience. That's why he connects to him on a deeper level. Mm-hmm. So... And I, if, if I can add, Batman is there because he's been scoping this kid out. Batman states, he's like, uh, yeah, I've been, I've been watching him for years. And... <laughs> Like, later on in issue four or issue end of issue three, like, they kind of add a little bit more dialogue where he's like, I would have recruited, recruited him years later, right. but destiny made this happen under my watch. It's my fault, and so I had to kidnap him. So this is the thing that... This is, a, this is an element of Batman that I also like about Frank Miller's, like, sort of overarching take on Batman. Like, this would be the second story after Batman Year One. And uh, in Batman Year One, he has help from only Alfred. And in this, he does show that he's trying to build sort of like the Bat Collective, the Bat Empire, the Bat, you know, whatever. The Bat Avengers Initiative? No, just like, he wants to he wants to have a mission beyond himself, which is, which is again, at odds with his sort of like hardcore libertarian isolationist point of view. Because his holy war, yeah, but yeah, you need an army for a holy war, right? So that's that's an interesting sort of like schism in Batman's brain between like it's all about me, it's all about just like my own personal mission, but I'm gonna need like a bunch of people to help me out. So of course he's scoping children because he knows at some point he's gonna need other broken boys like him to carry on his mission of justice. So that makes perfect sense. Again, for the Frank Miller version, but just Batman in general. Like, who else would Batman... A Batman who thinks that the best way to fight criminal... Like, to fight, you know, the criminal element of Gotham City. Like, a, a capitalist whose own system is breaking down the people that are making them criminals. He's not going to think about, like, oh, yeah, I just have to, like, distribute my own Start charities. He's not going to think that, because he's been fucking broken... You know, he by the Joker, redistribute the well. He's he got to... he's got to enlist more people into his thing, and not like the police because they're crooks. 
you know, they don't like it. Is he considered restorative justice? Is he considered that these criminals are people who have families and he needs an ally. Trauma. <laughs> he He's not a, being a good ally. The thing is, he needs an ally. <laughs> he needs an ally that isn't that isn't sort of like going to betray him. And the only person he could trust like that is like a little brother, is some as another broken boy. So he gets Robin, who breaks right mm-hmm. in front of him, and he's just like, Fresh. "Oh, bingo! <laughs> Fresh out the oven. I'm ready. Let's go." <laughs> so he dies. And Batman immediately tracks down the guy who killed his family. Of Real course, quick. Jocko, Ve- Jocko Boy Vanzetti. Criminal mastermind. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's really important. Really important to the plot. And then what happens after that? The cops um, come in. The, yeah, the no, that, why... that's what I was going to say. Batman completely leaves Vicky Vale to get police brutality. <laughs> well, he left her to track down the the fucking murderer that the cops were not going to track down. Why? Because they're cops ineffective. Cops aren't, aren't in it. They're crooked. And all cops are bastards. Yeah. Th- there's this great Frank Miller line in 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 that page where he says, "There's something rotten in Gotham City." You wear a it badge. wears a badge. Yeah. Oh, yes. so good. So, this is, I think, the the my favorite part of this Batman story. Of any Batman story, which is like Batman at his core is just trying to defund the police. Now <laughs> he's going to replace it again with his own militarized justice system that only he controls, and that's crazy, right? But that's that's, that's like, sort of the ideal of like, defund the police. That's like Every, Bill like, Gates going like, "Yeah, the, the the education system is broken. I'm going to use my money, my own personal capital, to remake it in my own personal vision, and if it fails." Whatever. <laughs> Batman, Batman would have else. charter schools, but they're Robin schools. Yeah, but again, Batman's crazy. So, like, the underpinning to all this is this man is a psychopath. So that's why it works, though, Daniel. Like, yeah, every uh, everything that you say doesn't make sense or is weird. That's why it's perfect, though. This is the only. My, my eyes are open now. This is the only Batman story that shows a Batman who's like crazy, legitimately. And still operates as Batman. So yeah, Vicky Vale gets police brutality. Sexist um, police brutality. I feel like they call her like they call her hussy or, or something. You're always looking into the sexual aspects of this, and I think yeah, it's disturbing. I, She's a journalist. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so she gets taken I, away by the cops, or well, Alfred helps her out. Yeah, no, the, the, so what happens is, and this is this is what's crazy, she gets so upset, or she sees that Robin gets taken away by the cops, and Robin gets taken away in a not, not a good way. He, right. It looks like he's being taken away for bad intentions. We it's don't know a, what. They're trying to so child traffic him. She straight up takes Alfred's car, decides she's going to drive it, and goes after them. Yeah. Sick. It, and so how can you say that it's not? it's a sexist comic? I'm not saying it's a sexist comic. I was saying that the you police were You implied it over and over this whole episode. That she was sexist police brutality. It was worse <laughs> because because her womanhood was brought into the matter. As, yeah, first by you, then by the cops. I'm just as bad as these cops. <laughs> I'm committing a violence on Vicky Vale in my own way, and I apologize to everybody. All Daniels are bastards. All Daniels are A-Dab. A-Dab. 
Um, so yeah, <laughs> she sees the she sees the bats. I don't know why the bats come out. It's just because like they follow Batman. Yeah, no. Right now, what, what happens is that Robin is gonna get executed. These like I was gonna I was gonna make a note about the art that there's sort of like this classic comics rule from Jim Lee's era that. The more lines you add to a face, the more years you're adding to it. Don't do so that. So when this, this rendering is good, yeah, no. But when you when you when he first draws Vicky Vale, her her face is completely clean. Robin's face is completely clean. But once they've been traumatized by the okay. the event of seeing his parents get like completely destroyed, all of a sudden he's got a ton of. He's aged up to forty years. It's 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 a it's a legitimately well done Moment. thing that only Jim Lee can do because everyone else that learned how to draw from Jim Lee will just throw those lines on anything. Okay. But Jim Lee's doing it for a very specific purpose. It's to show that Robin is destroyed. I thought yeah, you were gonna give him credit, but now that you're giving it, him credit, like I like where you're going. It's like in Come and See. It's this thing, like. Uh, he he's aging him for for a purpose, but but but, yes. but uh, uh, also without all these extra lines, it wouldn't it wouldn't look so good. It it, it, it would look too clean, I guess. Like a, uh, I I don't think that uh, there uh, there are some uh, I don't know. Uh, it's incredibly but, dramatic. Like early on, when you see the characters and they're having a normal time, their faces are clean. Well, uh, I, I think I know yeah. where Gleb was going with that. Is I think there are artists that draw like Jim Lee now that don't add that texture on it, so it looks smooth. Yeah, yeah, and it, unnatural, it, right? It, it it looks like too clean to uh, to be exciting, you know. Yeah, it, I, Jim Lee has this uh, a little bit uh, greedy. Uh, aesthetic right. you know yeah I, I think that's some of the difference between you and other artists that are like of the Jim Lee school now like I'm not I don't really do that but you know and Daniel doesn't either but uh I, you know there are artists like you that you know I really like like uh like Dan Moore is a good example of like a artist yeah. who's like of the Jim Lee school but he yeah, doesn't can put some contrast those, on it the, he doesn't add a lot of those lines and doesn't add the the gritty and like real like lived in effect of it so like he's an amazing artist, but sometimes I see it and it does feel a little too like smooth. It feels a little too like this is sick, but it's like it it, it works better for like science fiction things or things where it's supposed to be clean, not as good yeah. for Batman where it's supposed to be dirty and like it's violent and it's fucked up. This is definitely also the trick with these lines uh, is uh, all of them are they they look accidentally, but they're not random. Uh, no, mm-hmm. no, everything. That's a, yeah. That's the difference between him and I think like guys who are of that school in the '90s, especially where a lot of those mm-hmm. dudes were trying to copy these kind of techniques, which you know he got from other artists too. Like a lot of like Barry Windsor Smith has this kind of stuff. It's just like everything got ramped up like a lot. So like yeah, Jim Lee became of, the standard that yeah. so many people tried to um, imitate or learn from. And I think there are a lot of artists that are unintentional with, with the rendering of that stuff. It was like, again, what Glove was talking about, which is like, they just do it a lot to no real effect. Now, it, by yeah. that point, it's just like, you're doing it just, just to do it. 
just because it, it kind of just to have many lines uh, on the right. drone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Without I would never purpose. add too many lines. That's not what I do. So just as the bats clear out, kawam, kablamo, kaslam. <laughs> I don't like. Did there's no actual sound effects here, but oh, okay. Batman completely destroys one cop car. There might have been cops in there. They're dead now. Thank and, God. Yeah, it, it's a celebration. It's a celebration of violence against the police at, the, at this moment. This is end of the first issue. You know that this Batman is is different. He, yeah. he slams sick. through that police car, grabs Robin by his little Grayson tights, and, and just pulls him up. And he's like, you're mine now, bitch. That's what he says. <laughs> so we won't go through the whole series because we're... We want to talk to Gleb about other stuff. Yeah, but let's run through some highlights. There's some there's some lines that I think people talk about when they when they refer to this book that you know we'd be remiss to not mention, like when Batman is yelling at Robin, he says, "What are you dense? Are you retarded or something? Who the hell do you think I am? I'm the goddamn Batman." When I saw that, I rejoiced. That's, that's Dan McDade's favorite. That's. <laughs> Shout out to our boy Dan McDade. He loves that quote. He loves Batman in general. He loves Batman and that panel specifically. <laughs> He's constantly quoting that panel at us. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. But but yeah, like that's I remember when that came out, that was very controversial. And I get it. Like, you know, he uses the R slur. At the time it wasn't called that. At the time we didn't know. It was two thousand five. We weren't yeah. we weren't, you know, not being ableist yet. Um but I remember Back then, thinking, that's just like, how you called him your best friend. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> but yeah, Batman was like, he's trying to scare him. So of course he's going to say crazy shit. So I always Yeah, he's really weird... trying everything he can. He's he's trying everything in his book. And rereading it, I appreciate that a lot. Like, the yeah. Robin is examining this, and he's not falling for it. I remember at the time, people thought, like, it's so weird that Batman would, like, be mean to Robin. It's like... <laughs> What? He, <laughs> in, in any version of Batman, he makes him wear bright clothes while he dresses in almost all black. Yeah, that is some hazing. That is some hazing tactics. He's always been a target for this, you know, for him. That's still, that's been his whole point. Um, and then, of course, our, our favorite moment, he goes back to more cop killing. It's absolutely sick. He takes, um, he takes a good four or five pages of pure joy and ecstasy yeah yeah cop destruction yeah like if not L- like you like you should outright maiming cops for sure as you yeah should, later uh, on robin. later on robin's like wow you really beat up some cops but you, you can't really beat someone up if you're using your car through their <laughs> car that's yeah. not beating someone up <laughs> uh scro- zooming forward there's the black canary stuff which i always loved because like, again, this is a child's fantasy or whatever. So You're going to not... say that I'm the sexist one on these Black Canary pages? Or are you going to are you gonna make this about me? She's dealing with more sexist. I don't want to say they're Puerto Rican. <laughs> they, they do look kind of Puerto Rican. I'm, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> they have, they Some of these people have... Puerto Ricanos. Puerto Ricanos. No, but like the, the like the, I wanted to say about this third issue, the Frank Miller variant of Black Canary is Sick. fire. Yeah, absolutely. All the, all the variants from Ama- amazing. Him are fire, dude. They're all sick. I wanted a poster of of either Jim Lee or because they both have one where he's like punching somebody and this is like 
their face and like Batman punching them. I wanted a poster of that so bad. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, honestly, like, can you imagine how fire that would be? That poster of him punching that cop with the red and blue. I still want that poster. DC, make it happen. <laughs> any of these, any no, of these Black the Canary time. full page spreads <laughs> now are is, are incredible posters. Now is the moment for the cop punching yeah. poster. DC Comics. Like they really got to bring it back. Not. <laughs> I was gonna say I was gonna say someone who has like no health care or whatever everyone's teeth is just blowing out of their faces in the black canary scene it's sick. she she is leaving all of these people with empty mouths yeah, yeah. going forward there's some stuff with the uh, justice League that but it's like who cares like on like Honestly, yeah, the yeah. Justice League is the weirdest part of this because it's like I don't like we didn't get the second arc, so we don't know what the bigger like role of this was going to be. The end of issue three that introduces Superman is hilarious. Yeah, like you can you can find some kind of justification. <laughs> you can explain to me why it's good in a second, but he sees Dick Grayson. He's already in a missing carton. Yeah, fifteen they're, hours they're, ago. I don't know when fifteen still hours. They're still driving. Ahead. Fifteen hours later. They've been <laughs> driving. Yes, they've been driving for fifteen. And it explains Batman's five o'clock shadow. Okay, so I guess you're just it develops. All about pure linear storytelling. I guess you've never seen a Quentin Tarantino movie. Yeah, I. <laughs> I guess that's what it is. I'm a normie. I like I like normie. my movies to go in one direction. But he yeah. gets so pissed, he destroys the milk carton, and I think that's <laughs> wasteful. Um. What one last thing before I got we got okay, sorry. Go yes. Ahead. No, no. Uh, uh, just Superman is so mad that when he catches the newspaper and it says that Gotham City Batman abducts somebody, Batnapped. That's the headline on the Daily Planet. Superman wrecks the newspaper with his heat vision. He can't control <laughs> it. It tears he, through it. Uh, uh, on the panel, he looks like the guy uh, on the meme with veins on the face. I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why that's sick. And he sick. says, damn. Because and he says, damn. damn. I'll tell you why that's sick. And that's because, it. Because Frank Miller's vision of Superman is always about order and, like, peace. And, like, you know, he's he's like a, you know, Reagan stooge. He wants things in order, in place. And a missing child, that's chaos. Mm-hmm. You know? He's like, what's going on in Gotham? This is fucking... I gotta, I gotta end this. I gotta finish this shit. But Bat- then what does he do? What does he do in issue four? What does he do? He's well, just Batman's taxi boy. <laughs> taxi boy. What is that? That's not even a thing. You just made that up. No, but like, okay, so Vicky Vale is, <laughs> is dying. She's fucked up. Vicky Vale is on an um, emergency uh, bed. She's convulsing. And Alfred finally gets a hold of Batman. And he's like, yo, sh- your girl's wild. And and Batman's like, just call the clown from Metropolis. <laughs> and he's like laughing that he knows who Clark Kent is. He's sure. like cackling. That's hilarious. And, it's a good bit. And, and immediately, like the next time you see Superman, he's going over to pick up a doctor over in, in London or some shit. He's just Aaron Boy. What, so one last thing, because I don't want to get into the whole, that's a whole thing. We'll, we'll talk yeah, about okay. his Superman yeah. later in a different episode. One last thing is this was the first, the most prescient vision of what the Joker would become. Before this, the Joker is not hot. That's absolutely <laughs> the Joker true. The Joker does not have tattoos. <laughs> the Joker does not have abs. 
The Joker is not fucking sick hair. He's the Joker's not fucking in any other comic that I know of before this one. Maybe I'm, I'm wrong. I'm 100% giving you this point. Maybe 100%. I'm wrong, but nobody thought, what if the Joker fucked before Frank Miller? And you have to respect that. This is a Joker who listens to My Chemical Romance. This is a <laughs> <laughs> He's wearing yes. striped. He's wearing striped purple and black pants with. This is uh, Steam Joker. Suspenders. Steam Joker. His, yeah. Who like what else is he listening to if not My Chemical Romance? The used. Definitely the used. <laughs> Definitely some some uh, Kyoto's. Glub, answer for this because you dress like this Joker. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think actually he listened to The Youth instead of My Chemical Romance. Uh, no, he's probably a My Chemical Romance fan too. Yeah, but he he, he, <laughs> he, won, he, won, he won't admit it. Harley oh, Quinn no. listened to My Chemical Romance and yeah. then the Joker probably listened to The Youth because he was more sick and twisted. Oh, yeah, that, is yeah. The Youth more sick and twisted than My Chemical Romance? Yeah. My Chemical Romance is, is, is for <laughs> like, good people. Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, 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 <laughs> like, seriously. Did you, like, did you grow up on MCR? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, one, one, one of my favorite bands and the Black Parade Absolutely was Absolutely one of mine too. But Youth, they, they kind of... Ramon thinks that that's for babies, for the record. I don't want to say they're better, but they're like more real emo i guess uh, even yes, though they're th- more even yeah. even though they're both like mole emo and n- not n- not a like r- real deal emo but still like they have this screamo elements in it and like th- they just sound more uh it was more raw it was yeah like yeah. my chemical romance was uh, pop but in a way that was really good and in- incredible for its time. But the use was for the people who were living in the hot topic, who <laughs> didn't want to be posers. Yeah, uh, yeah. Was but there a hot were. topic out there when you were growing no, up? No, no, no. So, I, like, what did? You, how did? How did you see kids? How did you get? How did you dress? Like, what was your whole shit? Did you like build your own like cosplay uh, stuff? Well, yeah, kind of like not cosplays, but you you know what I mean. Like uh, it's just like an RPGs where when you something drops pins. and <laughs> you you like building your own uh, like look. I, I I don't know. It, it was hard. Like uh, kids today, they have it all and we... <laughs> kids these days don't know how good they have it. Yeah, uh, we we had to grind for it. Like. I, I, I don't know. I, I sound like an old man. Yeah, you're a boomer. <laughs> yeah. Hold on, boomer. Um. Yeah, I remember when the dark the Batman trailer came out. It was a real it was a real generational divide because I rushed to put on Core and Freak on a Leash, the acoustic version from the un, the unplugged set on MTV. And meanwhile, Gleb is putting on like I forgot like My Chemical Romance. Is that right? Yeah, it was My Chemical Romance. It was yeah. the ghost of you. That's a kind of a bang. That's that's the video where they're in the in the World War Two. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a like a USO thing. Yeah, that was, that one was kind it, of a bang. It, it, it sang perfectly. Like uh, every second was like, like it was intended. Yeah, yeah. And not as good uh... as mine because mine like. <laughs> <laughs> I think we can both agree that it was better than Nirvana though. 
Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. Fake Nirvana. Nirvana. Not not even real Nirvana. Are, are we gonna are we gonna get back to the Joker that fucks? I thought yeah. we were gonna segue <laughs> on to the next. I thought we were gonna segue on to just Gleb's Globe Showcase time. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, let's talk about it. You have the last word on Joker that fucks. No, no. I mean, (laughs) I don't know if we want to. I don't know if we want to. It's where the Joker went, but I don't know if we want to like thank Frank Miller if what we got was Jared Leto. Yeah, yeah. I want to thank him. (laughs) Okay. All right. Never mind. You know what I'll say. I think Jim Lee, uh, like his renditions of DC characters, uh, all of them are perfect. Like, except for Joker, except for Joker. I I think, yeah, I think, yeah, yeah. I think, uh, especially um, uh, the Joker in Hush, it kind of like, like it's still cool, but uh, I don't think of its Joker as the perfect one. You know. Um, I just got the swastika titties woman. Yeah, that's, a, that's just a throwback to when Frank Miller did that in uh, Dark Knight Returns. She was in that. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I love that his Joker is always much more serious, always much more like, he's not laughing, actually. I think he says a line in one of them where he says it, it's always hurt to laugh, which I always thought was a sick fucking thing for yeah. him to say. Um, that's a dope corn lyric. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, it is a dope corn lyric. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, like, I'm not going to apologize for it. It's sick. Absolutely. I'm coming undone right now. <laughs> it's, a, it's another chord lyric. Uh, nobody else would get it. You're not, yeah, no, you're, you're not going to catch a line like that in a and, uh, My Chemical Romance album. Uh, it's yeah. going it, to be about venom and, and, and poisoning your love or some shit. <laughs> Why is it? Why are they always so affected by love, bro? That's what I'm talking about. Like, corn, they they thought bigger than just their own personal emotions. They're talking about society. You wouldn't. Understand. <laughs> but in my chemical romance, you've been you've been in love no. with someone for a thousand yeah. years, and you've yeah, died I, and gone to hell a thousand times. Yeah, I think it, I think mission... it, it, it's aesthetics. Yeah, like we, we don't give a shit about love. We we we, we like like the death stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm, I'm with you. That sounds way cooler than what I was gonna say. <laughs> let's talk about no. Let's talk about Gleb though. Yeah, yeah. Well, Gleb, what's up, bro? Uh, <laughs> how, how's how it going? going out there? Uh, I'm okay. Like, I'm okay. Like, like, uh, what's this? Like, cause you were out there during the protests in Belarus. Yeah. Belarus, and we we talked a little bit during that time. And I remember at the time you were like, because uh, I talked about maybe recording back then, and you're like, ah, maybe we wait a little bit. And I'm like, okay, yeah, no problem, because like I don't want to get you in trouble. But like, what can for our audience, like obviously me and Daniel, we read. But can you give us? Can you give our audience, our like handful of listeners, sort of a primer on what's going out going on out there? Uh, well. Lukashenko, who was the president for like 25 years, he uh, uh, he, he lost the elections like very very hard lost, and, and he rigged that shit. And um, well, people are rising. You mean, you mean to tell us that a 25 year uh, term was was rigged? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Well, what I'm fascinated by is like, look at the shit that people are throwing about Donald Trump asking to count the votes after a four-year term. Could you imagine if it was 25 and he was like, yeah, we're not going to do that anymore. We're just going to... We're going to ignore the vote, and I'm just going to continue to being a dictator. It wasn't like the the one term, though. It's It was several uh, con- right, consecutive right. terms. Well, And, like, p- p- cops in in civil clothes, they're uh, literally abducting people and, like, torturing them and killing and raping. And, uh, yeah, it, like, it, it's dangerous just to walk on the street because uh, a couple of days ago just some dude he uh, uh, walked uh, in the yard and some guys like I'm saying some guys but everybody knows it was the police there right. uh, beat them uh, beat him and he eventually died and uh, like they're, they're trying to Pull this shit uh, now uh, with uh, like oh he he, he was uh, 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 he was drunk uh, there was heart conditions and blah 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 and, but people know and like it, it's happening for months now and yeah. like B- B- Russian people they they don't they don't really like violence uh, they're, they're still trying to solve it uh, the peaceful way and. Uh, I'm not sure it will work, you know? Yeah, well, that's the thing is, like, I mean, you guys have been protesting, well, you guys, the Belarusian people, they've been protesting for, like, months, right? Like, this has been an ongoing sort of, like, yeah, yeah. display of, of, they're mostly peaceful protests, except for when the cops start beating the shit out of people. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, you know, I, I was reading in the New Yorker today, about how the Kremlin is preparing to deal with the Biden administration now that Biden's went out here, um, that it says uh, there's going to be sort of a standoff between uh, over over Belarus specifically because while protests continue following the contested re-election, yeah, contested by Lukashenko, right, where he's just like, yeah, I didn't lose. Um, it is likely even inevitable. Uh, Russia has backed Lukashenko, not much to keep him in power, but to make sure that if he exits, it happens on Russia's terms. Trump essentially ignored the issue, whereas Biden has said that he will support Lukashenko's appointment uh, opponent. Mm-hmm. Uh, just about the only cause for optimism in Moscow is arms control, blah, blah, blah. It goes on more about just sort of like the dialogue that, these, that they're planning on having. But uh, <clears throat> I wonder... Just sort of like, you know, for the past four years, like when Donald Trump's been in office, you know, as much as people have think like, you know, he's Putin's puppet or whatever, there has been like a, like, extremely aggressive, um, whatchamacallit, sanctions against Russia. And I don't see why that would stop. And I don't see, <laughs> I don't see how the situation could get any less volatile with Biden in office because... I think Trump did have sort of a hands-off approach and, you know, taking money out of the UN and everything uh, and NATO. Like, I don't see how, like, strengthening that is going to, like, help matters. What do you think? Do you have any, like, opinion on that at all? Or <sighs> Man, I don't know, to be honest, because <laughs> it's all too complicated because uh, Belarus is, uh, like, literally the center of Europe and... I, I don't think 
like other countries, especially USA, uh, will help us just because of kindness or some shit, or right. just because or just because they want to like. Uh, it's all strategic. It's yeah, all yeah, strategic. of course, uh, of course, and uh, I don't know. I, I, I kind of wish they help, but uh, I, I, I'm afraid it, it can lead to some. Really yeah, serious I, I just question shit. how they can help without it causing like violent conflict, like on a bigger scale. You know what I mean? Like, because we've seen how the shit yeah, happens well, in, in Ukraine that, when they just like yeah, Russia yeah, yeah. decides we're going to take over this place, and like the situation when Obama was in control, it didn't, it didn't, it didn't really go that easily. <laughs> you know what I mean? So like, I think there's like a liberal fantasy out here that when Biden gets in office, that like, he's going to be firm with Russia. And they're just going to, like, I don't know, like, bow to the American Empire. But I think we're at a point now with the American Empire where nobody, like, nobody takes the American Empire seriously. You know what I mean? Like, you look at the shit in Bolivia and all over South America where it used to be, like, the U.S. had, like, an iron fucking grip on, on how we dealt with those countries. And now they just, like, you know, it's a suggestion, but the people have taken over there. And if we can't control what's going on here uh, in South America, you know, I say we, like the <laughs> United States Empire, I don't mean to like, you know, but I don't see, yeah, like how much influence can they exert there when every relationship in the, U, in the, in the EU is already frayed and like, you know what I mean? Like, and also I everything's wonder, becoming much more uh, divided right. uh, that American influence is not worth that much, and and there's going to be a lot more uh, localized struggles or localized unions uh, between nations. Um, yeah, like the new right. world order is yeah. just over. You know, like the new world order yeah. is over, and I think there's like a liberal yeah. fantasy where you can sort of just pretend that things are the way they were like 20 years ago. Where these conflicts would have been handled a lot differently, but like we're so, just we're we're so way Blev, what Ramon what Ramon seems to be asking is uh, how how do you solve it? What are you gonna do tomorrow to <sighs> get the leaders together and tell them how to do it? Like why haven't they talked to you to solve I mean, the problem? I just want his opinion. You, come on, I figure we have somebody on, and I feel like a lot of comics podcasts. When we we want to talk about shit on this one, where we can talk about you know these kind of things, you know yeah we're not like political we're not experts on foreign policy right, but I'm I'm fascinated to know Gleb's opinion and one of the things we talked about last week a little bit was that comics the workforce is so spread out right like and there's a lot of people that are gonna know your work Gleb but not know what you're going through and not know mm-hmm. what people in other countries are going to. But they'll read comics, like they'll read, you know, the Superman comics that you drew that were sick, and they'll internalize it through their own, you know, point of view from living out here. But you drew that with sort of like it under, under like that situation. Like yeah. you did that while the protests were going on. You know what I mean? Like that. That's a that's a crazy that's a crazy dichotomy to me. Well, work is a good therapy, actually. So, yeah. <laughs> like, uh. What can I do besides working and like 
playing PlayStation, I guess. Uh, because uh, the thing is, I'm Russian and I live in uh, Belarus, like I think three for three years or something like that. Because my girlfriend, my girlfriend is Belarusian. And shout out, shout out to the Belarusian girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, and like we're living together, and I, I really want to like take some action. I, I want to like. Uh, or, uh, stand on the streets or something, but uh, like uh, it's, it's your job that also keeps things going. So I, I I can understand. I can I don't mean to interrupt your situation, yeah, yeah. Gleb. It's just that it reminds me of what was going on. I guess uh, here in Puerto Rico, we've had dif- we've had different moments of protest, and I've always had a deep solidarity for what had been going on during those protests. But at the same time, I felt very much chained to my responsibilities as, as an artist. Yeah, yeah. And, and uh, yeah, and we joined the protests, of course, like a couple of times, but we, we can't do it like every week, every day, because right. uh, well, mostly because, because I'm Russian, like they can I guess department of Russia and uh, they they want uh, oh well you know and I think uh, answering your question about what what can people do I think uh, it should be solved from the inside I guess because uh, people should strike like people in factories uh, the doctors you know I think that that could work but yeah, I don't know. Like, unless we have a general strike, like solidarity among like, yeah, yeah, the working yeah. class beyond just like you know, like the Black Lives Matter strike, like people, like you see critics of that shit so quickly be like, oh, well, why would white people march with like the BLM stuff? Like they call them like frauds. They call the BLM like protest like just you know white liberal conspiracies or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you know right wing assholes will do that but like yeah unless you have like a broad sort of sense of solidarity you don't really accomplish it exactly. i think part of it is the fact that right now uh, at least with most people we maybe in the protests it's more visible but the fact that everyone is in lockdown everyone's online like there will be calls for general strikes and i will see like every other week we're going to do it. General strike. Let's go. Mm-hmm. And you see the post and maybe you'll like retweet it or like you'll share it if it's on Facebook, but you don't know if anyone's really going to do it. You don't have any like visual confirmation of a society around you organizing to do it. And it makes it feel like, is, is it real? Is it really going to happen? Are we really going to do this? Yeah. No, I, I think it feels like one of those things that's impossible, especially to people in, in the continental United States. Sorry, Daniel, but like, you know, was, especially, especially was... it here, mm-hmm. it feels like that everybody is able, like part of the thing about the end of the empire is everybody is, everybody thinks that change is impossible. You know what I mean? So like mm-hmm. the, like the idea of something being different than the way they know it to be is like, you might as well be talking about them about like, fuck a general strike like it's like colonizing mars <laughs> you know what i mean like it, yeah. it, exactly it's the same level of like impossibility um which is like you know crazy because i could not work for months and i have and i got fired <laughs> but, 
But you, you know what? I think uh, like Lukashenko's end is inevitable because uh, situations changed so much uh, after the elections. Like he had uh, all this shit going on for 25 years, and then this year it's all changed so drastically. So it just uh, it's already ending. It's just like it's like a time time bomb, and uh, I think he knows that, and like it shows that he fears people. Yeah. Well, as much as this is the end of like the sort of new world order and like you know the American Empire is sort of like sort of at the the end of that road like you know you see with with putin stepping down and stuff like all of these all of these sort of like global structures are 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 evolving right now yeah. this was like a real interesting time to like just be alive and you know to like witness it because like in any other time period i mean like you know especially like you think about like guys like john Byrne and stuff like the, that, that those era of comic artists, like to them, like when you look at like that generation's comic, like the future in all these kind of like media that we grew up on, like it's extremely like the same. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or now when I think about the future, like, first of all, it's just like completely ravaged by like climate change, but like it, how can artists and like, you know, people like uh, like us like think about the future and not think about it in ways that are like so radically different you know what i mean yeah yeah and that was just me trying to unsubtly segue into a a shit (laughs) shitty john Byrne (laughs) stage of (laughs) of the podcast because why why would we have big love on unless we were going to talk about the moment the moment the moment where gleb became an icon in our industry gleb Turned like lit a, a, a dynamite fuse and tossed it right in the middle of Twitter. Right <laughs> uh, uh, it, it was strange because I, I didn't expect that reaction because I think I, I thought people don't even I don't know they don't even remember who the, who the fucker is <laughs> and they, they were like what what the hell are you talking about he's like the greatest artists of all time like chill guys he, 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 he he's not even good he's like okay, uh, okay well, let's let's backtrack because you didn't come that spicy when you first tweeted that shit though <laughs> yeah 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 I, I try i try to be respectful because uh for context was, for the listeners it, though it, what, it, what it, happened it, was you said hey everybody like I don't know why you like. Well, first, yeah, of, I yeah, want to yeah. ask like why you said it in the first place. Yeah, how did that? Yeah, how yeah, how yeah. did that statement and come he out? Said, it, well, it, it's all for context. All, he said it's all because of Rob Liefeld because he oh, that's right. co- co- okay. he constantly tweeting about uh, the best X Men comics and all the shit and sure. uh, he, he was stating that uh, John Byrne and Chris Cla- Cla- Claremont uh, X Men are the best comics and I was like. It, it, it just can't be true. Like, the, 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 <laughs> I, I mean, in 2020, it, it's impossible. Right. It just, yeah, it's crazy talk. Well, uh, so, like, like, what made it, me it's... laugh, though, is I remember getting on Twitter and just seeing, like, Lev try to reason with people, just like, guys, he's very prolific, no doubt. Great st- <laughs> like, good storytelling, <laughs> no doubt about it. But Lev was in completely good faith. Like, Lev was trying to be diplomatic, and then. 
they they radicalized me and I, I started hating on guy. <laughs> Ron Mars said, so Ron Mars said, is. Big Gleb? More like Little Gleb. I've never heard of this motherfucker. <laughs> he found out. Uh, did did Ron Mars even like say his name or was he subtweeting? No, he was subtweeting and I, I, don't, even, I, don't, even like I, I, I don't even follow him. And uh, he, he just... I just saw it on timeline because someone else liked it, and I was like, "What the fuck?" And I retweeted, it, like saying, "Yes, I am." <laughs> Did he ever at you at all? Did he ever reply to you, like personally? Uh, and he just keep I mean, replying in subtweets, like even the people quote tweeting me think that they're hot shit, like. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I then uh, came to uh, his thread and uh, like said, Ron, you didn't do a single issue what you're talking about. You you're just a writer. <laughs> right. Yeah, it, it, that's what's that's what's so absurd about uh, Ron Mars specifically, and I guess him, I guess sending his his minions uh, like, over. It's easy to say you you just did uh, a dozen of issues because yeah I I, I draw them I, I'm not writing <laughs> I I I can write a dozen of issues uh, like uh, in a week it's not the same Ron isn't Ron like best known for what CrossGen you guys remember CrossGen I think Ron it's, Mars uh, is best known for doing my favorite Green Lantern yeah Green Lan- Kyle Rayner how dare you. Res- res- respect Ramon that you that you are such a good friend that Ron Mars does your favorite Green Lantern and as soon as he crosses blood, Ron Mars is dead to you. Yeah. <laughs> He's dead. Well, what the funny thing is, the funny thing about that was I had looked up because I remember I got into it with Ron Mars when I was younger, when I was a when I was a young gohard, and I looked on Twitter uh and it was like almost ten years to the day. That Ron Mars was like yelling at me <laughs> on Twitter <laughs> over a take. Beautiful synchronicity. Where, yeah, I said like, uh, Darwin Cook, rest rest his soul, you know, <laughs> R.I.P. to a real one. He he had said some shit about how, you know, he didn't like that that companies would change characters to make them like you know lesbian or whatever, whatever. And I think his main problem was actually against Frank Miller, maybe. Like I can't remember the yeah yeah I, I think it was uh, exactly because of uh, All Star Batman and Robin. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was because he didn't like All Star Batman and Robin. But then he also like threw uh, he, he also, threw Batwoman under the bus. He, he threw Batwoman under the bus with that one, and I was like, this is kind of this is kind of crazy that he would do that specifically, considering like he ne- like you know I think he's a really good artist, you know. Very prolific, no doubt about it, as Club would say. <laughs> yes, <laughs> another he, he another kind of sacred artist he, for a lot of people. He never created anything new, and so like it to me at that time, it was a weird stance for him to take. Of you know, if you want to make you know these ideas, make a new character, but I'm like, bro, everything you've done, even your creator own stuff, is just uh, other people's characters. So like, yeah, it's, callbacks. It's, it's, it was wild to me that he would do that. Like, you know, uh, Green he was Lantern really didn't offended fight in the by Korean people War. innovating. Yeah, like Green Lantern didn't fight in the Korean War. If you wanted to do a comic about a, a, a pilot in that, in that war, make a new character. 
Darwin Cook, <laughs> you know. But that that was my <laughs> point. And Ron Mars got really mad at me and said like I don't know anything about his career, blah blah blah. And I'm like I'm a fan of his. I just thought it was a weird thing for him to say. Um, Ron yeah. Mars, the artist, the old artisan. Yeah. Yeah. He can no stand it when people criticize the old guys. That's the, and that's the thing about uh, our our business in general is like everybody has such a reverence to like the old guard. Yeah, and... I, I think I think that's exactly why uh, the the art doesn't change in superhero comics. Like the yeah. uh, the house style stays, and it's depressing because it should change. Like the new guys should. And girls should uh, stand against the old guard, you know? Yeah, it's hard not to take it personally when they're constantly uh, sucking uh, John Byrne dick. <laughs> and we're out here trying to make something for ourselves. Well, I've always uh, said that, like, it, it's sort of like when I came into comics, I didn't read comics, like I said, until like 2005 monthly. Like, I didn't go to comic shops because I didn't have money and I would just go to the library when I got into it, like my my sort of aesthetic background was not comic book characters, so I do feel like on some level I have an advantage because when I create stuff and when I make costumes and when I do stuff, I'm not approaching it as a comic fan. You know what I mean? Like that's not deeply ingrained into me like that. Like I like comics because that's a place where you can express that stuff differently. Um, yeah, but that history isn't sacred to you. It's not sacred to me. So like, like I love All Star Batman and Robin because that was like really toying with the idea of like, this is Batman and Robin, but what if they were fucked? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like what if they were fucking tight as hell? Like what if they listened to Godsmack? And I was, that's what I want. It's definitely the corn of Batman and Robin. It's definitely the Godsmack. I stand alone, baby. But, yeah. uh, <laughs> yeah. So like when I, when I, uh, when I, when I, when I approach that stuff, I, I generally like, you know, I have, I have a great deal of respect for art for a bunch of different kinds of artists. And, you know, I think I wear my influences pretty heavy on my sleeve, but like, I don't, I don't want to have it be like a cherished thing. Like if someone makes fun of Frank quietly, I don't take it personal. And it's always yeah. funny to me when these other artists do like take it to heart. Like, like how, how could you say that? I love man of steel. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's weird. Uh, I don't know. I think, it's really heavy on nostalgia and like i don't know uh <laughs> it, it was funny because uh some of the comics people that that, that they they dm'd me uh, like cheating on Ron, Ron mars i was like holy shit <laughs> they hate the guy <laughs> i didn't do that i didn't do that yeah you didn't no, do I, that. I don't know which comics people <laughs> i don't know about, about in this case i was uh, i never sent you nothing like that i love Ron mars i love Green Lantern, <laughs> Volume 3. Uh, that's one of, uh, it's one of my favorite planets. Um, <laughs> Mars attacks. Hey, Ron yeah. Mars, come on the show. We'll, we'll dialogue about this. Can you imagine Ron, Ron Mars, Mars come on the show. <laughs> come on the pod. This is an open invite. You can talk to us about... I can't, I can't even imagine what he would talk to us about. It's it's an hour and thirty long conversation about Kyle Dockers, Rainer. like how Dockers have changed over time, and like how he doesn't like the new Dockers brands or whatever. I feel yeah, like that make, man. 
That man only wears Dockers. He doesn't make him shoes. defend, like, let's should, sit him down zoom. and make him defend uh, John Byrne's accusations <laughs> and his sketchiest <laughs> comic book decisions. You, no, you should do at least uh, uh, at least a dozen of issues, or uh, at least a dozen of episodes before Listen, he came. Ron, I've done a dozen comics already, literally. So, <laughs> come talk to me, okay? And those comics, yeah, I did a dozen. They may have taken me seven years to put them out, but I did them, okay? A whole dozen. A whole dozen, bitch. So, come on the podcast. We'll have it out. <laughs> There's like I have no interest in talking to Ron. Explain, Marshall. explain John Burns, uh, uh, old ass men kissing fourteen year old girls to us. <laughs> I like that he clearly Googled me uh, before throwing that because, like, that's an honor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Clearly, uh, I can't have an opinion on John Burns if I'm not an artist. Yeah. If I was just a regular guy, he he was just destroy me i guess but i i had a dozen issues so if you had been little gleb yeah if you had drawn no comics you could still say his style was outdated like it doesn't yeah. really fucking matter that that's that the irony of it is that you're actually a fucking awesome artist yeah so like like oh yeah you're really fucking good at drawing but you that's why i kept it the sub comics it's so weird it's a weird point of view um but yeah there's a bunch of dudes like him that like like him and like Kurt Busiek and like, you know these these like comics historian type dudes that yeah. like that they, they like love that shit, and it's like a it's like a real MAGA approach to comics where it's like, you know, it's all about nostalgia. It's all about sort of like a reverence for this like, uh, undefined golden era that that I don't have that, and I know you guys don't either. If I had the the closest thing would be to when I started actually reading comics for myself, which was around then, two thousand five, two thousand six. It kind of is, uh, maybe it's corny now, but like that, like sort of like start of the Bendis Avengers era. I will look back on that fondly, and like the David Finch Avengers art, um, Steve McNeven doing Civil War, like. At, Oliver Quapel. That's yeah, the closest time, to that. I was vibing on the DC stuff of all of that, but yeah, yeah. I respect I respect that little era. My guy Warren Simons, I think, was editing some stuff over there. Shout out! Shout out to Warren Simons. Shout out to Bad Idea Comics. <laughs> <laughs> um, Get her yeah, hitting yeah. it off. What? No, I just just un unconnected. That's yeah, just completely random. randomly. Yeah, super random. But uh, no, there, there's no, there's no sacred cows here. There's no sacred cows here. T- TKO, what's your, TKO, what's your favorite comic from the era? Use a gif. <laughs> use a, a gif of your favorite comic from 2005, yeah. 2000. Respond to this episode, to the, to the tweet of this episode with your favorite Batman villain gif. You guys want to start wrapping this up? We've gone on for an hour and a half. No, no, we, we, we yeah, yeah, we, right. we can. I think this went well. How do you guys feel? This is a juicy I think it was one. Okay. You got you got anything else you got, Club? Uh, anything you want to say to the what's, audience? What's on the drawing table right now? No, I can't. I'm doing two issues of Midnighter right now, and uh, in December my Genie Hex uh, special uh, will come out. And then in 
uh, 21 I'm uh, I'm gonna do uh, I'm gonna work on the big uh, I'm going serious that I can talk about yeah mm. I know about okay. it I've seen it I know what it is it's sick yeah mystery project let's leave it at that big mystery it project it's extremely fucking tight I cannot wait for that glib um Oh, but yeah, yeah, shout out to uh, shout out to Becky Clooney and Michael Conrad. I think they they announced oh, yeah. for that thing, right? Yeah, yeah, they're sick. They're they're good friends of mine. You know, maybe Michael come on the show. I love Michael Conrad and Becky Clooney, but you know, Becky's very famous. Not doesn't have time for me. <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh. Yeah. So, Gleb, where can they follow you online? Uh, it's on Twitter. Uh, I'm. Gleb Melnikov eight, <laughs> because Were there, the, there, the there, are apparent, there are apparently seven of us, uh, not, not including me. I assumed it was a tribute to Kobe Bryant. No, <laughs> no, it's just oh. uh, I don't know. Uh, so yeah, uh, <laughs> and on Instagram, some shit I don't, I don't even remember because oh, uh, fuck the, yeah, you have a weird ass Instagram. Yeah, <laughs> it's like Bobby uh, Hill. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't even look at that shit. Like, I, 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 I post the pictures from coming in. I, I don't even look at the commands and, well, except for that one time when I saw like the message from uh, Todd McFarlane. Ooh, uh, more spicy shit. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know what? Before we finish, before we finish, mm-hmm. I just remembered we put a call out for questions for you. We actually got questions, and I didn't even bother to ask them yet. So let's uh, let's I'll go speed to the round. thing real quick. Speed round. We're gonna do speed round for this because I don't. You know, we're already wrapping it up. That would be fucking silly to uh. Yeah. While you look for them, I just wanted to say that the important thing is follow Gleb on Twitter, Gleb Melnikov eight. For the spicy, spicy Twitter content. That's right. He's yeah. a he's a poster to follow. He's a poster. He's he's one Real of the uh, he's one of the true meme boys that <laughs> that are out there. This is like me, him, Daniel gets some memes off real quick. I'm a um, I'm a silent, deadly type. Quiet, <laughs> quiet in the night. <laughs> Okay, I got the questions for Big Gleb. Okay. Okay. Do you have a Todd McFarlane impression in your arsenal? Uh, yeah, I, I kind of having having a hard time speaking just normal English. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't have one either. I was... Listen, but uh, oh, I, shit, I'm not go. <laughs> Can you do it again? I think I have this. Uh, I don't know. I, I'm. I'm not. Very good impression, but sick, though. I liked it. It sounded like Todd to me. I was like, "Blamo!" <laughs> at some point, at some point, Gleb, we're gonna have to ha- we're gonna have to get you to record the intros to the Spawn animated series that are like oh. Todd McFarlane appearing oh, okay. Okay. and explaining. But it's just you saying exactly what Todd McFarlane Same. says. It's like Big Gleb. Yes. Cool. cool. Okay, so how's the Halloween biz this time of year? Uh... Uh, it's not very good. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, well, well, yeah, no, no, you know, you know what? People are frightened, so people are scared. I think, I think it's okay. Do you have a preference for traditional or digital? 
uh, I'm working mostly digitally, but I like uh, I like working on paper, but I just don't have a lot of time on, uh, for it. I don't know. Um, it's kind of strange because uh, it's easier for me to focus when I uh, work on paper, but uh, like in the long term, it's still uh, easier to work on tablet. So, uh, yeah, for, for the sake of time, it's digital for me. Yeah. Uh, how do you feel about the image founders and creator owned as a business model? It's a big question for the speed round. speed round. Yeah. Just give us a yeah. Up, up, speed round. Love it or hate it. Image down. model. Damn. I, I don't know. It, it sounds good, but I heard there's, <laughs> so, so, there's some <laughs> problems right now. I, I don't know. I think it, it's it's complicated. You, you can't just yeah. This is say, the type of thing that yeah, needs like a ten-page essay. So we got what's the emo record of the year so far? Damn, I I, I don't know. I, I really like the Shamore new album, Lament. Let me let me. You know what? I'm I'm out of I'm out of sync. Uh, Tony Tony Gregory asked us about the McFarlane impression. Brian Level asked us about the Halloween biz. Uh, Prince Organa asked us about the Image Founders. Kayfabe Friend asked us about that emo record. Uh, Vi Decadens asked us, how do foreigners react to your name, Gleb? Mm, I, I don't know. Like, my, my name is not very common even in Russian language, so... Uh, <laughs> you get reactions from everyone, everywhere? Uh, kind of. I, I don't know. Like, uh, I, I think it's good that I'm not just another Steve. Uh, Elko... Walkzuk, uh, Luca Luca Kowalkzuk. I don't know how to pronounce that name. But it's, <laughs> is there any kind of interest in your work in Belarus? Uh, yeah, it kind of is, but I think uh, I'm more popular uh, in the USA. B big lab, big in the USA. Hell yeah. yeah. Uh, Mike Morocco wants to know why so big, Gleb? Uh, 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 it's it's personal. <laughs> okay. Respect. Uh, Respect. MPO Sullivan Art says, "Why do so many people worship Burn but sleep on Good Sylvestri and JR JR shit?" That's a damn good question. I think that's a great question. I think. Uh, well, I think they sleep on Sylvester because he got lazy. Seriously, like <laughs> he, he didn't get lazy. He got slow. He's been putting in the work. He's been in the lab with the. I, I don't know. He trying to get doing, that label off. He's doing that that black label Batman comic for like four years or something like that. And when I it comes out, it's going to be perfect. I'm going to love it. Well, it, it better be. Yeah. Well, uh, and Jar Jar, I think, I think he he's like uh, too weird for the main audience, main big two audience, and I don't know. Uh, I think he's maybe the artist artist. You know, yeah. Well, I think like, they, I think they both are like sort of heavy preferential for artists because they very, I mean, like they're of that school that like Jim Lee and those dudes were in, but they they're just outside the norms of like yeah doing more interesting stuff that I don't think comics has room for that always. You know, like not to be like like the thing is those guys are both megastars. 
Like those guys yeah, are, yeah. Uh, those guys are all time great, but you know, like, I don't think they are. There's a lot of haters, but I don't think people are necessarily sleeping on them. Yeah, I don't think anybody <laughs> doesn't know JRGR or Silvestri, but uh, obviously we here love both of them. And you know, Mark, John Romita Jr., come on the show. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, thank you, Gleb. Uh, Daniel, where can they follow you? Uh, all the usual places you can uh, find me on Twitter by my name P- Puerto my... Rico you can find me <laughs> right in Puerto Rico and if not at a, at a it... mango hut somewhere yes I'm at, assuming uh, that's what Puerto Ricans do that's what that's where we live we just make <laughs> huts out of mango peels oh, I thought it was like a hut for mangoes but you're telling me it's made out of the mango it's made out of the peels we have so many do y'all eat that... mangoes yeah, hell yeah! Like they okay. rain from the sky over here. <laughs> well, I don't it know if is. No, I, feel like I I wish I was joking. There's so many mango trees that like when it's mango season, the the floors are just full of mangoes. Like the roads, I mean, people stop on the side. It is beautiful. Like like anyone can eat straight off the road over here. <laughs> I mean that's beautiful. Uh, everyone's dream. Yeah. All right. Uh, you can find me on Twitter. Yeah, Twitter Daniel Irizarry dot Twitter dot gov. Daniel, Daniel, we, we we should be rivals. We should be rivals. <laughs> if if you want a rival, if if you want to go evil, or if you need me to go evil, um, I uh, we can do this. This is what happens when we, MCR fans get together. Hell <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. We're we're in that wavelength. <laughs> and of course. You can follow me at Ramon Villalobos and follow the podcast at, at Flintalo. And, you know, we start up a Patreon. All the money is going to go into the show, making it better, uh, you know, just audio-wise. So, yeah, thanks a bunch. Uh, oh, it's at Flintalo and Patreon.com slash MexFlintalo. Um, there's already a MexFlintalo on Twitter. It kind of pissed me off. Oh, and uh, a huge thank you. To Sophie Campbell for doing the theme song to our sick show. theme song. That, that's and sick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she and killed it. The, the ending song is kind of cool too. Yeah, and also thanks to the Hell Yeah Babies who did our ending song. And they have another song that's going to debut that I might be doing some art for like a single thing, sort of a trade. They're going to let me use their music. I'm going to give them a thing. So look out for that. But for now, uh, Barter Economy. Yeah. Hey kid, nice shot. <laughs> That's the name. I think it's the name so nice shot, kid. Something like that. It's a sick song. Anyways, here it is.